your mind is just telling you, hey, continue working because this is coming. So let me show you what is, what is coming in the future. And you just see the car, the house, the dog, the partner. You see that in there. Sometimes you're manifesting like bring with a chain, like trying to drag something to you. And sometimes you're actually watching what is happening to you in a very close future. Wow. I like that. I like that perspective. You know, I like your perspective on a lot of things. And I really want to ask a personal, uh, and I'm going to share something a little bit personal with the audience. Um, background is uh, a makeup artist for television and film. And anybody who has listened to the news in the last year knows that in 2023, there were strikes with SAG, there were strikes with the Writers Guild, um, which shut down my work. And I've talked to several peers in this and myself as a, as a manifestation, you know, sorcerer, magician, whatever you want to call me, a magic maker in this world. Um, especially for the people that I've been coaching and will coach or, or, you know, help, help them with this. It's been very, it's been very important for me to ask my peers what they think about a current situation that I've been in. Right. So, because of the strikes, and mind you, before before I was in the strikes, I was manifesting jobs, dream jobs, dream gigs, dream television shows and actors and projects that I wanted to work on that I manifested. They showed up for me. I manifested you. I wanted an interview with you and I got you. You know, I'm, I'm really good at that stuff. But what what I've had to try to wrap my head around is somebody who lives in gratitude, who practices gratitude daily, who practices, you know imagining and you know manifestation visualizing and you know putting the effort into stuff when the strike happened it really put me on my ass <laughs> financially emotionally like i i had an identity crisis through the whole part of it i'm about to get back to work and this season of the podcast is going to look a little bit different because i'm going to be back to my usual grueling work schedule working on sets for long hours and having very little free time but you know i'm curious to know what your opinion would be on someone who was practicing all of these things and they still hit a really rough year and this wasn't like a rough week or a rough month it was a rough a lot of months you know to the point where i was out of work for i mean out of that type of work i, I was still doing my other personal endeavors but out of that work for several months and i'm thinking how did this happen i've been manifesting i've been generating i've been doing everything like, and then some outside force seemed to not only affect me this way, but I mean, thousands and thousands of my peers, friends that have lost their homes, cars, they were in a deep depression, financial ruin. How do I, like, how do I make sense of that? Can you help me? Can you bring some perspective to this personal situation? The of first mine? thing is remembering always not be so hard in ourselves because we're still being humans. We're still being a little bit of the energy of the creation of the whole universe and continue being magical practitioners and continue being a manifestation of the spirit of the great creator and everything but we continue living a physical life in a physical world and the physical mm, rules yeah. are over us like gravity we, we can't avoid that just because we are spiritual that's the first thing yeah. the second thing is i always believe in how strong and stronger we become after the obstacles because sometimes we are, we never admit when we are in a comfort zone because we don't recognize 
a comfort zone because we are always struggling with something. This is part of the living process. We, you always have to carry with something because if not, why you are alive? You, you always have, oh, I wake up this morning with a headache or I have this coworker that I don't like or my neighbor is sick and is complaining all the, all the time. Always we have something carrying on. The fact is we always yeah. try to overcome these kind of situations and life always will put you in a very bad struggle of which or you quit or you come stronger. And when you come stronger, you see that in like two or three years and you can say, oh, I survived that. Because in 10 or 20 years, when people will, will be talking about all of the situations that happened in 2023 with the writers and the actors, and the new generation is like just trying to mock in the situation, saying, oh, that not will happen, which will be the consequences. You can sit down in a more comfortable place and say, yes, I was there, actually. I know how strong is that. I know how to survive that. And now I have like that feeling to know who will survive it and we know who will not. Because you just come yeah. stronger and this kind of things just give you experience. We, this, in Spanish, we say, these kind of things keep more lines to the tiger. It's just another line that you put in your skin and you continue walking, being beautiful in the woods and people see, oh, see the tiger, but nobody see all the obstacles that the tiger overcome to continue being so strong, so furious, that this beautiful, dangerous hunter, which is the tiger. And nobody will see the obstacles, but you know that you become stronger, you become smarter, you become happier, you become more powerful and able to not just continue doing your work and doing it better, but also to take precautions and also to inspire other people in the process. Like for example, when the the, um, the situation or the trigger to make me come to United States was literally not because I was in my comfort zone. Uh, when being an immigrant is a situation that I literally don't wish to my worst enemy, to anybody who wished me bad, uh, because being an immigrant, especially in the United States, especially during COVID, where, where migration was literally broken, and especially during certain political conflicted times that we had with migration four years ago, I don't wish that yeah. level of stress, anxiety to anybody, because it's a struggle that you can pass. Sometimes you go to the doctor and you literally say to your doctor, I have five days without sleeping. And now you see that like, oh, that was six years ago, eight years ago. How I can overcome that situation so positively? It's not just because I sit down and wait. It's because I move myself and like you did, you just continue working hard for all of this situation. Uh, a, lot of yeah. a lot of people just will accept it. You not accept it. You say, okay, I, I will take the best that I can from this thing. I'm going to take this stone that is so hard and I'm going to push a lot of pressure over this stuff and I went and having a diamond in my hand and nobody will know how I have this diamond but I know that this diamond was a rock a stone that was over me all this time when I came to the United States it was because the situation in my country was super difficult to live continuing but in a certain moment it was like or we just escape or we die here because we literally have like the water here and we just yeah. emigrate to the United States because the situation happens. And now I see myself like, I remember all the memories of how difficult it was the time and are stories that I continue at my age not being able to say to people things that happens to me in there because it's just 
too much drama, too much trauma, I just like, you know, let me just close the chapter and embrace the stronger, smarter person who I became now. And I will embrace in the next generations other people who come for the same situation. And when they come to me saying, this is too hard for me, I will be able to say, I was in that situation. I know that you feel that it's very hard for you, but I'm pretty sure that you can overcome that because I know that for experience, you know, just something that I'm saying, it's not just words. It's literally the experience telling me you will overcome the situation. In your scenario, you overcame the situation and you will be in that position very soon. When other people in the future yeah. comes to you for advice and you will say from the experience, yes, I did that and you will do it too. That's awesome. Thank you. That's beautiful. Um, you know, talking about experience, right? And experience and resilience is making, you know, part of the, the earthly lessons, right? And, and the soul experience and the soul contract and, and part of the reason why we're here. Uh, that's a lot of noise for the brain and the eyes and the ears and the heart and the spirit and the emotional heart. Um, all of that gets processed in our human brain which leads into the next topic of dreaming. You know, when we're dreaming and, you know, I've been loving your book, Dream Witchery. I'm not finished yet, almost finished, but guys, you have to get this book. And I, the first thing I'm going to say is where the hell was this book like 20 years ago? Uh, first of all, that's the same I question. Maybe. Everybody, <laughs> where was this book? Um, I'm glad I have it now, but I remember struggling. I mean, I've always been a big dreamer. Dreamers have uh, dreaming. Sorry dreams have been a massive way for how my locked up intuition and intuitive you know spirit has tried to communicate with me and i just thought it was because i was creative you know i'm having dreams about zombie apocalypses like a video game and alien invasions and really fantastical crazy dreams and now i look at them a little bit differently especially after reading your book but we get a lot of noise in our head a lot of processing and psychology will tell us that you know, sometimes dreaming is a way for our brains to process information. Um, uh, you know, mystics will tell you that dreams are a way to receive prophecies and listen to your intuition. How can you tell the difference? Is there a way you can, you know, share a tip with us on how we can understand the difference between noise versus like a meaning? It's like, like when, like when we were talking before about science, remember that your physical body is not just your physical entity is also uh a message here sorry uh it's also hosting your spirit and your your own whole energy at the same time your whole body yes. is hosting all of this your spirit your soul your memories your brain is a lot of information the beautiful thing about dreams yes. is that when you go to sleep in the night and you in some way shut off your brain According to science, your brain continues working practically at the same level that during the day. It's just that your senses are like turned off and you just fall asleep. And your brain is doing the whole work to process the energy, uh, to process the information that received. Not just in the last 24 hours, but sometimes even from 20, uh, 72 hours before to sleep, you continue recovering information that your brain is like, oh, this happened two days ago. That's the reason why sometimes you wake up in the morning. Oh, I have this song that I can take out of my mind. And it's a song that you listen for just three seconds, like three days ago. And your brain just processed that information right now. And you wake up like, oh, I have this song, but I don't remember when I listened to this song. And you were, I don't know, working in the subway and somebody with very, ha very big headphones listening to the song. And you just catch a little bit 
and your brain is trying to process that information. When you go to sleep, your brain is doing all of that work now that your senses are trying to notice more information when your body is resting. Also, your spiritual entity, your whole energy body, is trying to overcome uh, the whole grid of the day. It's trying to, okay, in the same way that you receive a lot of information physically, your spirit have a lot of interactions with other energies and entities and spirits around your workplace, your home, yeah. your garden, the street, during all day. And now that you're sleeping, your brain physically, mentally, spiritually is trying to process all of this information. And you have information from the physical world and from the spiritual world, both at the same time. So, yes, it's a lot of noise. The thing is, if a message is too important, this message always will break the noise. You will catch like, oh, I have this dream last night. I remember this, this, this scenario, this place, this person. But I have this kind of insight of this situation, like very peculiar. And you will have like a feeling like when you find somebody that in the street that, oh, I recognize this person. You, you have between many dreams, many nights, you catch every night something that is important because your physical body is like, oh, this is more to archive. This is just more information to the folder. But your spirit is yeah. saying, this is the information that you need. This little part of all this folder is what you need. So that's why multiple times you wake up in the morning and you don't remember what you were dreaming. Medically talking, you always will have a dream. Your brain is always processing images and sounds and everything that you process during the day. But what do you remember during the next day is because it's very important for you. That is your feeling holding like, please pay attention to this because this is important for you. So even if you remember in the morning something so simple like, oh, I was drinking tea with my auntie who passed away 10 years ago, just that, that is a very important message. Your auntie is probably trying to communicate with you. Your auntie is trying to share the tea with you. is trying to tell you something. Maybe you pay a visit to the house of your of your auntie and when you are in there, you catch something. Somebody says something to you. You receive some information. Uh, somebody says, oh, you know, before she passed away, she leave this for you in the house. You know, it's the spirit trying to communicate with you because when you are sleeping, it's not your brain is trying to overcome a lot of things. It's also your spirit. It's the time when your spirit comes out of your body that's the case, and communicate with other spirits and other souls around. That's the magical, beautiful thing about the quote, which is working the night and the witching hour. Because when you work, when you do any spend during the day, a lot of people is working, are people in the street, the energy finds a very complicated way to create a bridge. When you're working in the night, when you light candles, you burn incense, that kind of things, it's literally everything manifesting around and you can communicate with people who is sleeping. You can uh, bring the dead to your summoning uh, ritual catch. You can work with the spirits, you can conjure deities in the night while everybody's sleeping because it's less energy in the place. All of that happens because your brain is not working. So for example, when you cook, if you're trying to make a course, I'm not saying that I course people, and I'm not saying to go to course people, but for general reference... No, we would never... I'm not saying that, but if you take <laughs> the spices, uh, if you try to course somebody during the day, it's a lot to do, because you're putting everything in your table, you're trying to craft the spell and the energy, like, 
boom, let me try to find the bridge between the street, the people, the cars, all of these to arrive. What is this person? And when the person casts the spell, the person you send, oh, I have a nice headache, let me take a pill. I have a small solution in there. Well, let me go to take a shower or let me take, grab these crystals. So they catch the spell immediately. Now, you do the same spell, this literally the same course during the night while the person you assume that is sleeping. The course will arrive and that person will be in nonsense, will be sleeping, the body is resting, it's very tired. The brain is too focused, too busy processing other information. The spirit is trying to process all the energy that requires to take during the day. The course arrive and you wake up in the morning like, oh, I have this very horrible headache. Of course, because the course was working on you for eight hours. Now you will not cure that course wow. just taking, just grabbing some crystals and some water because the course literally impregnated your body for hours while you were resting. That's why there is magic so important because when I talk about there is magic, I'm talking about night magic too. That's the reason why in the book we have all of these uh, how to create a dream altar so you can have a, an altar working for you during the night while you're asleep. Why we put some uh, amulets and charms under the pillow while we are sleeping because it's all while we are in some way more vulnerable. Because when you go to sleep, you take your jewelry, your necklace, your protection spell, you take everything, all of this out of you, you put it in your pajamas, you go to sleep. You don't have any protection around. You even say good night to the spirit, so the spirits assume that for you don't need me here. Let me take some distance so you can rest because if I am very close to you, you will feel me and you will not be sleeping because you will feel this anxiety around. You fall asleep yeah. and any course of or a spell coming from someone else just catch on you. That's the reason why you put a dream altar in your room or you put some amulets around your bed or under your bed or you put some uh, kind of specific plants or herbs or crystals or charms under your pillow or inside your pillow or you craft a protection dream pillow so you literally sleep over your protection spell and any course that comes to you just go back in reverse to the person who said that because it's a lot of things happening when you're asleep it's not, it's not just your body resting it's your mind processing emotions information it's your spirit also processing all the things that you don't see with your physical eyes is your spirit? Oh, I interact yeah. during the day with all of these deities, energy beings around, in the street, your co-workers, your boss, the person in the, uh, in the boss, the conductor of the uh, of the Uber, and your spirit is like trying to cleanse at the same time of all of this energy. Interesting. You know, that's that's really fascinating too because I love working magic in the daytime. Like I love you. You get me in the middle of the afternoon. I I love doing ritual work and ceremonial things during the daytime why is that <laughs> is there a particular reason because i always feel strong in the daytime in the light i also do like working at night as well but i just always feel so connected to the sun is that weird we have when you're a minor practitioner remember you're always plugging into something you're plugging into the sun you're plugging into the moon a lot of people feel devotion for the moon which is very nice because we are we, we have a physical anatomy. We feel very attracted for the moon. The moon rules all the movements of water on the earth, the waves, the ocean. And we being physical beings, a big part of our physical human body is made of water. So when we see the moon, our body just have this little 
reaction immediately like this is modern you know it's like when you are inside when you are a fetus inside of the yeah. body of your own inside of the womb of your mother it's just that reaction that you can't explain you just feel in some way safe you can be walking in the woods at midnight totally alone and it's very dark but you see the full moon in the sky and in some ways you are like I feel like I'm breathing. This, the place continues being dangerous, but I feel more stronger now. It's just something that you can't explain. It's just in there. Yeah. You catch all of these things, and when you have a certain level of experience and years of practice, your body starting to react better to all of these things manifesting around, to which is the source of which I'm grabbing energy. Because, for example, a lot of witches like to war with fire but result that yeah that's not your element actually you are plugging a lot into water for some reason something in your background something in your family so when you start practicing water magic you start having like something different and then you start feeling like something is coming here that i didn't know that before a lot of witches are like because the mainstream uh overwhelms you so much they just go and grab a lot of crystals and minerals. Who don't like a nice crystal? They are beautiful. But you yeah. grab them, you have them <laughs> with you, you spend some nice money in there, and you try to let the crystals do the job. When you are doing that, you are not letting your own energy, your own magical world express because you are just depending on the crystal. Then you mm -hmm. get rid of the crystals or you just keep them but stop working with them and you try to see from where you're catching energy and you will find oh i am more powerful during the day because the sunlight is actually nurturing me because i'm more related with the sun oh i feel stronger during the night because i catch a lot of energy from the moon a lot of people grab energy from the spiritual world and they don't work with elements uh for example if you practice afro-caribbean traditional magic uh we are not in there like very oh the moon the sun the element we are more about the orishas we try to plug into the orishas into these ancestral beings who are original date uh, river deities from africa because all of them have names from the rivers from where they become oh Moshunye, Maya, all of them have the names from the rivers from where they manifest so we just catch or plug into the orishas other people like for example the folk catholic practitioners of magic they catch into the saints oh i practice magic with virgin mary or with saint i don't know because i don't know too much about catholicism but you plug into something and you catch that energy it's something like very interesting on that because while you are practicing magic you will find many times okay this works for me this not work for me uh, because it's something there in your ancestry, maybe your family comes from this beautiful place where it was a lake and you continue having that water, dryer connection in there. Or your family comes from an island in the tropical countries and every time that you are in the sunlight, you feel like this is strange because all your ancestors are around and they feel empowered and they are close to you and you're channeling that feeling and you feel like, oh, I feel empowered. Yeah. I don't know why, but all your ancestors are around you and you feel them closer because all of you are sharing this feeling of empowerment related with the sunlight, the smell of the coconut yeah. oil, these kind of things. You know, as you're, as you're saying all of this, it 
is so true. That's exactly what my intuition is saying. Uh, the reason why I've been more drawn to practicing in the sun lately or just doing things in the middle of the day and not waiting yeah. for the sun to set and the moon to rise is because I'm in a phase of my life where I am now bringing this to a professional platform where I'm now not working in the shadows. I'm not just taking clients on the weekend, you know, and the hush yeah. hush and don't tell anybody that we're doing this. I feel like I fully stepped into the light, so to speak. So yeah, it absolutely makes sense that I now feel comfortable practicing whenever the hell I want because <laughs> I'm not in the shadow anymore. I've come out of the closet, exactly. the room closet, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many closets, you know, first it was being gay and then a psychic, me you know, because my uh, gifts showed up to me very at a young age uh, through psychic mediumship. And so psychic perception, psychometry, I would step into a room and suddenly get visions of things that happened there, arguments, fights, things people said to each other. Like I would hear that if it happened yesterday or two days from now. And that was a really interesting phenomenon. So that was kind of the beginning. And then, of course, you know, manifesting things it was really cool you know i come from a catholic background when i was younger i bought my first tarot deck at 12. and it's interesting you know i've, I've had this conversation before but you know my my parents are mexican spanish uh, descent and indigenous and so our ancestors practiced quite a bit of things yeah. and they hid it under catholic practice you know brujeria curanderos curanderismo black you know well i don't know about black magic i know it's there but i I don't know the depth at which, but my ancestors have had their hands in quite a bit of spiritual practices and work. And my mom and dad are very Catholic. So when I was kind of finding my energy drawn to this aspect of reality, they were like, what are you doing? That's the devil. It's bad. I remember my mom tried to throw away all of my Buckland, you know, and Cunningham books and, you know, Sylvan Ra Silver Ravenwolf and all of the... <laughs> <laughs> those old old original witchcraft books um and you know she would find them under my bed and she would throw them away and i just thought oh you know whatever but it's funny how it found me anyway you know and and it and it made me practice and it made me learn i think more than anything i just love being able to interview people like you and and get your perspective because our practice really is so powerful when we own it you know, it, it can be whatever it needs to be for us in this journey. I feel that faith, spirituality, religion, um, belief systems, that's really what they're here. They're here to serve us. Yeah. And we're doing ourselves a disservice when we're not stepping into that ownership, you know? Yeah, something about this is that uh, first, uh, my mom had that same faith, not because we were Catholic, well, we come from this Afro-Caribbean practice, and when she discovered that I was like trying to dive into Wicca, she was like, that's a white people thing. Uh, <laughs> I love it. That face was, you know, other guys at that age are trying to be emos and listening to rock, or trying to discover new things in life, I don't know, drugs. Uh, my face yeah. was trying to discover Wicca, and for my mom was like, that's a white people thing, that's from the Americas, that you know, that's the capitalist side of the world trying to come over you, and then I just dive deeper, and I discovered a lot of powerful money in there, it's just that we grow up with so many prejudices around about so, so many things, yeah. that's the reason why yeah. I never discussed 
about the types of magic of other people. You can come to me and tell me that you practice Alien magic. Okay, that's cool. Got it. If it works for you yeah. and you're happy, really not my concern. Uh, because I'm not, I'm not... Yeah, there's there's people that practice spells and from Harry Potter or the movie The Craft yeah. or any kind of like, you know, fictional or comic books and stuff. You know, it was now people's creative space to create their own magic. Yes, it's uh... very funny. And too, you know, I was talking, you were talking about you know wicca and that being a white people thing and now i joke like all the all the caucasian spiritualists here in america just want to go down to south america and do ayahuasca yeah so <laughs> it's kind of funny yeah. and it's not really a big thing for us it's something that we just do for the tourists it's like oh okay you want to try that oh got it okay if, if you pay <laughs> let's get you high let's yeah let's pump all the psychedelics yeah, in you you come here because you an experience you i worked for three years doing it uh we have this joke between the four circles that was like do you think that you are healing all your traumas your ancestral traumas and your own physical illness from all the chemical products that you're consuming just because you travel here in your expensive airplane and you're paying for this to do it one time and come back to your country with a selfie oh i just did ayahuasca i'm so cool good for you um something about the no yeah. Something about the prejudice of the that I always respond. It's my phone. No, I'm sorry. Uh, it's something that a lot of people have this kind of prejudice. Can you, wait, can you repeat that? Because I think that you said something that. Uh, something about the prejudice that we have. Oh, okay. Yes, it's my phone that is receiving a, a lot of notifications right now. And it's just cutting me over and okay. over. Um, Something that we have about the prejudice on magic is that everybody is trying to have this kind of fight to see which kind of magic is more powerful. I am weak and so I am better. I am Santero, so my practice is better. It's some kind of validation that they are trying to look around. I personally, I come from South America. From practically comes like 80% of the Afro-Caribbean established systems of magic. Lukumi, Candomblé, Santeria, eh, Yoruba, not just the language, but also the practice of Yoruba, Macumba. I mean, we have all of this abacua. We have all of these practices in some way born in there from the influence of the African slaves who comes to America, not willingly. Uh, yeah. I have worked with Orishas for 20-something years. If a white person just discovered yesterday that Gemaya exists, and this white person comes to me and says, I want to work with Gemaya. I, with 20-something years of practice, i totally sure not the person to say to you that you can't respond to this call. Because I'm not Gemaya, I'm not Orisha, I'm not a god, I'm not a deity, I don't represent them, I work with them. And if the Orisha make any yeah. kind of call to you, I am not the person to say to you, no, because we have this kind of prejudice. Oh, you are a black person, you need to practice this. You are a white person, you can practice that. I will never say that to anybody. Even when I have my own prejudice about certain things of practice, but I always clarify to everybody, I'm just another human being. I practice with the Orishas. I work with my gods and my deities, but I don't represent them. I don't talk with them, and nobody's here to talk about them because any of us here is a prophet choose by the Orisha, by some kind of prophecy, nobody hears that. So you come to me and say, you know, I just find tonight a strong connection with this Greek deity. Great, just try to take the time with humility 
to read all the books, to read all the sources, to inform yourself very well, and don't appropriate it like it's your thing. Just be respectful about the practice. Uh, make it yeah. your own thing, your own practice. Keep it in there for you. Don't turn yourself into, I am the represent of this deity in the world because we have that kind of people. We have like British white person who says, oh, I am the representative of La Santa Muerte worldwide. You are not. Sorry, you are British. <laughs> it's not, I don't want to sound racist, but you're not. And yeah. It's yeah. that kind of line that we try to don't cross, but at the same time, he's trying to be respectful with everybody. If you come to me and say, you know, I just discovered Telemann. Great, try to inform yourself. I just discovered Wicca. Inform yourself. I want to practice Santeria. Inform yourself, buy the book, take the classes, uh, listen podcasts, hang out with other brojos who practice the same things, and see if this is really your call or it's just a feeling that you have because it looks pretty. That's one thing that people need to do because we have a lot of prejudice worldwide because we live in a very complex society that, as we clarified before, yeah. we try to make everything very complex. And something that I learned coming to the United States one thing is that when you are a practitioner all your life and you travel to another place, it's all of these feelings and deep conversations that you have with your high priest, with the priestess, with the community, how you want to practice this in there. It's that kind of deep conversations that everybody brings to the room all the time, don't care how uncomfortable everybody will be. And it's, oh, you will take your altar and your stuff there because you need to take all your stuff with you. And when you arrive in another country, one of the first things that push you very strong in the face is when you're so arrogant to pretend that because you practice 20 years in there, here the spirits owe you something. And they are like, no, baby, you are new here. We have more than that you're here. This is our land. We rule this land. You are the new one. You need to owe us some kind of respect. So you start learning the language because, for example, if I'm going to try to honor the spirit of the land, in the United States, I'm going to try at least to talk in English to connect with the witches of the new world. And then I will try to learn at least some basic words in the native language of the land where I am. So I can honor the spirit and the deity of the land who continue being in the place. Don't care. Don't care. In, oh, the colonizers arrive and a new religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the spirits and the deities are still here. Work is over. Thank you. Uh, sorry, that was Google. Uh, the spirit yeah. that is still in the land, for example, uh, in the house, uh, we just moved here recently and we have this very big patio. And when I, we were praying for the documents to manifest, to sign out for the bank to say yes, one of the things that I promised to the place was when we visit the place, I really like this patio, I really like the house. I say to the spirits of the place, if you can send me this place, I promise I'm going to make that patio all about you. I'm going to try to find the native plants. I'm going to try to find the native uh, elements of the place, the native energy. I'm going to try to learn about the indigenous practice here. I'm going to try to honor this place for you and you will be safe in this place to honor your spirits, deities, or religion, however you want here in the patio. And this will be yours. Just let me please be in the house. And everything was approved. Yeah, I love that. And everything was approved very well, practically immediately, like two weeks after that. And when we move here, I take this big responsibility in the patio. Like, I need to keep it clean. I need to keep it uh, growing. I, I want to keep it green with all the plants and the airs. And I have been 
learning a, a lot about the land, which were the natives from here, from Odondaga, uh, which was the language that they, they told, which were the deities that they venerated, which were their, their stories, their heroes. And I'm trying to put some kind of uh, honoring protection spells in the trees that we have in the property. And then trying to honor the place mm-hmm. like their place because they are still here. And that's one of the things that you learn when you travel and you're an immigrant. That's why I am the immigrant witch, because being an immigrant teaches you all kinds of lessons that you give for granted. It's not just arriving and using the speech all the time to say, oh, I am an immigrant. Please be easy on me. No, you need to put a lot of effort. You need to put a lot of work. You need to learn new manners. You need to learn new books. You need to learn uh, a new language. You need to learn a new culture. You need to learn... Uh, new jokes because even the jokes that you are used to use in your country here are not like very well appreciated because we have a different humor because we come from a different culture like Latinos are everything about sharing and togetherness we sit down with you in the subway and after half hour we are the best friends so we invite you to the birthday cake next week and you might be to your quinceaneras and we are sharing numbers and everything yeah. When you come to North America, the North American people is more, it's less about togetherness, it's more about borders because it's a very traumatized society because you are overwhelmed by so many news, social media, wars. So people feel so stressed and it's everything about boundaries. And when you are used to be so communicative with everybody and talking with everybody and being nice with everybody, you just meet somebody in the morning and in the night. It's like, you want to come to my house to drink some coffee and we continue talking about your song? Here in America, you can do that because people immediately like you are weird. Keep distance. People like ghost you in the phone when you are, when you are trying to act like they are Latinos. It's a whole different culture. So in, yeah. that's the reason why I talk myself after some time into the immigrant way. So everything that I say, please take it in the context. Everybody, that I am an immigrant. So all of this that I have uh, in, in my head recently is from eight years to now. Like... I, yeah. I want to buy a house. The first thing that I'm going to do in the house is not put my spirits in the house. It's take the whole land, bless the land for the spirits of the land. And then when they have their permission, I put my own altars from my country in my room. So they will feel comfortable, but they have a very nice relationship with the spirits of the land and my spirits at the same time. That's the kind of thing that we just learn when we take the prejudice out of the conversation and totally out of the equation when you are open to other people and to other ideas absolutely i i back that 100 percent. i do that in my practice as well and you know i i have been contemplating writing a book or two and i currently live in hollywood i live in north hollywood actually and one of the biggest things that i've incorporated since i moved here and it's the first time i've ever you know again i'm like i'm kind of just laughing at how I wasn't incorporating this sooner because I've always been somebody very in touch with, you know, I travel to different places for work and sometimes I'm there for almost half a year or a year and it it has to become my home. And I always thank the land and I always thank the spirits of the land, you know, in hopes that they accept me wherever I'm at. Uh, But when I moved here about two years ago, I really had to embrace the spirits of the land and my blood and ancestors, but also the ancestors of the land. And I really saw things change for my relationship with my neighborhood, where I live, my apartment, my, my, um, 
you know, the neighbors in my apartment complex. And it's been really beautiful, you know, just something small and simple, like respecting and appreciating where you are and the space that you share uh, can be a really powerful and impactful thing. And I think it's not a, something that a lot of people don't practice, you know, when they're practicing their gratitudes or they're driving to work or they're on the subway or, you know, when they're thinking, well, I'm grateful th for this, I'm grateful for that. You know, I really hope that people look at being grateful for just the space that you share your life in and on this planet. Uh, you know, the plants around you, the spirits of the land, and it's it can be a very powerful thing, very helpful as well. Um, thank you, Elohim. I, I, I'm so glad I got to chat with you. And, and now the big thing is going to be, do I turn this in, into a two-part episode? Because I got so many great bits with you. Um, as we close, is there any bit of wisdom that you would like to share to the listeners just discovering you now? Okay, you listeners. Uh, uh, hi, I'm Elohim. Uh, first, um, stay well, stay safe, stay kind, stay wild. Uh, second, please continue supporting this podcast and any other podcasts and bookstores that we have oh. because we don't have many metaphysical magical places or spaces dedicated to us. Creating these kind of spaces takes a lot of time, effort, consciousness, work, money, and a lot of time. And it's, it's something that we human beings value a lot. It's time because we don't have too much time in this life. Uh, every minute, every hour, every Amen. day dedicated to the edition or production of a podcast or the creation of a magical store or a botanical is a lot of work. So if you can support the podcast, yeah. if you can share the podcast, share this episode. You didn't like this episode? That's okay. Look at another episode that you like and share it with everybody in your socials, in your WhatsApp, in your states, in wherever you can share it. Because that's how we grow. We don't grow just watching other people doing stuff. We grow as community, as people as human beings when we support each other okay and stay well you you're gonna make me cry <laughs> again <laughs> thank you so much for that Thanks humble blessing i'm gonna call it a blessing you know and we have a great crew here and uh you know i am i'm so happy that you could be here and i can't wait to finish your book and read the rest of them. And I hope that if you do another book or do another project that you will come out and support us again. Uh, you mentioned an event you have coming up. Can you tell us where we can find you and your event that you have coming up that people might want to partake in? People will have all sorcery hour coming in May. Uh, all sorcery hour, all hour of sorcery is an event that we create a year ago with a very small, nice uh, group of people people and trans practitioners we have a very nice uh, diet but very good budget for our uh, guests the idea of this event is that many events are not accessible for everybody uh, we are not entitled to ask you to assist to all the events so we create an event equally for everybody where the presenters are paid for their time and their dedication but also the tickets price is like super slow, it's like a coffee. Uh, this event is virtual, it's happening in May, it's via Zoom. So you can watch it from your phone, you can watch it during the night, you can watch it in your computer. And you can see the recordings after if you buy the ticket. This will be happening in May. 
and the tickets will be available in like one or two months just for now look around on instagram and facebook on threads uh we have a lot of information about the events we have a very nice lineup of presenters coming uh this year including trans practitioners people practitioners latino practitioners hispanic practitioners black practitioners romani practitioners people from every place um, because representations matter and diversity matters a lot and the host of the event is me and the producers of the event is a very nice crowd of trans people romani uh practitioners who are trying to make something diverse for everybody and accessible for everybody thank you <clears throat> thank you i really appreciate you being here and everybody please remember that if you do go along which i highly suggest and you purchase any of Elohim's work uh make sure that you leave a review we need reviews uh go find his pages i'll put all of the links to his books uh do you do you sell your books on your website or is it through another uh, stores you can find them barnes and noble wherever you prefer to buy them okay guys so yeah yeah i mean it, it's are they sold in barnes and noble stores yeah. like at the brick and mortar yeah. store it, what's the best way that we can support you would it be going to a bookstore like barnes and noble or anyway the best ethical way is find a book in a bookstore uh if you can't travel to the bookstore you can buy the book on bookshop.org and they will find the book and send it from a local store to you because bookshop.org do that if you uh, because amazon is very accessible for everybody um money is how we move the world with like it or not if you are like a very tight of budget you can buy the book on amazon you can buy the kindle edition if you like read ebooks you can buy the audiobook which is available to amazon and barnes and noble uh i always suggest try first the bookstores if they don't have it look on bookshop.org and they will send you the book from a local store I love that. I actually, <clears throat> so I told you that I was packing to go. Uh, I'm going to yeah. be going to film a TV show in Texas for a few months. And I already, <laughs> I started looking at the book, the bookstores. Cause you know, a lot of, you know, brick and mortar bookstores are closing. Yeah. I know that uh, some of the Barnes and Noble uh, bookstores have been closing. Yeah. So it's, you know, we want to support you in the best way we can, but Elohim, thank you so much Thanks for being here. And I, I, I can't wait for the day that we get to do it again. Yeah, thank you so much.